Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. And I'm just trying to contact some aliens. Well, unfortunately, Dan, this is uh, this is it. Uh, it is with a heavy heart that I announce that this is the very last, very final episode of the Netflix and Swill podcast. But, uh, fret not, because I am also announcing that next week we will be beginning our new podcast, Netflix and Swill 2, the sequel. Sure. Sequels are real, where the real money is, Dan. We gotta cash in. We gotta jump on the train and make that fucking hay while the sun's shining. Uh, I guess. But what about our artistic integrity? Fuck that. I was just on YouTube earlier and those those fucking madmen's madmen uh Coheed and Cambria made a fucking sequel to the song Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield and it's titled Jesse's Girl 2. That's that sounds about right. <laughs> uh and there's a new Bill and Ted. I actually watched that last night. I'll talk about that later mm-hmm. probably. Um, the fuck else? Everything's a sequel. Have you seen this? You heard about this? Uh, I've seen many, many sequels. Sequels are profitable. We gotta get that cash. Come on, man. Uh, I mean, we'll have to go to their, to our producers and see if they want more money, but, uh, I'm sure they'd be fine with this move. Well, God willing, we'll all meet again in Netflix and Swill 2, the search for more money. Uh, how are you, friend? I don't know if this bit is going well. Uh, I'm currently penning the script for uh, Netflix and Swill 3, the search for Netflix and Swill 2, the search for more money. Hooray! Uh, I'm fine. Uh, the, the big news this week was that uh, my company has been fucking sold again. Uh, this is now the second time in the lifetime of this podcast that I've gone through this exact scenario. Did my company buy your company? I don't think so. Why did your company just buy a company? No. Oh well, then that would have that'd been cool. But no, that would have that would have been pretty funny. No, it's um, what the fuck? Is it? It's some company out of Texas. I'm like, ah, cool, fine. That means I'm probably losing my job in anywhere from 15 to 24 months, so that's that's whatever. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm alright. I'm doing fine. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Platinum. Why that one in particular? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't remember if it was any good, so I decided to play it. Um, It's weird. There's a lot of balance issues with it. Mm-hmm. Like the the difficulty curve is like way off in that game, um, but it's fine. It's it's a fun game. 
I'm just running around doing all the end game stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, other than that, I don't really have a whole lot going on that I want to talk about. Um, I bought Vanessa Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo Switch, so we've been doing that. That game is a blast. Oh, okay. Uh, it's an exercise game where, like, it has an adventure mode where, like, you fight monsters by doing exercises and, like, your character levels up. And uh, whenever you level up, it tells you your gains, which are your uh, stat boosts. And uh, the more you play it, the stronger your character mm -hmm. gets and the easier the game is going forward. And you have to, like, fight a buff dragon. I have an insane amount of fruit flies in my apartment, and I don't know why. I don't leave open containers of anything. I just, I throw everything away, but there's just always fucking fruit flies. Well, you know what they say, uh, time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. Hey, let's do a segment. It's, uh, what's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I don't know if the listeners can hear it, but I was, uh, I faith palmed and then, uh, just started rubbing my temple because, dear God, I needed <laughs> to die. Yeah. I thought you were just uh, slapping a, a fruit fly that had landed on your head. No, no. It was on my mic. And then mic. rubbing it in? <laughs> no, it was on my mic stands, and I was like, what has happened? Oh, there's a thingy on my on my mic stand. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm drinking Bud Light Orange. Why am I drinking Whoa. Bud Light Orange, you might ask? Because Gerald was drinking it. So I'm like, ah, this sounds terrible. I will drink this. Uh, it tastes like orange. Doesn't even taste like Bud Light or beer. It tastes like orange. Okay, uh, that's better than it tasting like Bud Light, I guess. That is a hundred percent true. Um, I'm having some shit that my wife got. Uh, it is a skinny freezer vodka martini, um, a premium low calorie frozen vodka cocktail. This comes in a freezy pop like plastic tube. Uh-huh. Uh, it is the watermelon lemonade flavor. It is 8% alcohol by volume, and it tastes like vodka and artificial sweetener. <laughs> Boy, we're just we're just killing it today with uh with alcohol. Yeah. I don't know why this exists. I don't know why this exists either. We're just it's Every day, every day, someone's like, I have an idea for something. And somebody approves that idea. And these are what happens. And they just need to stop. We just need to replace the people making decisions and have them just roll things back to a, a point where they were simpler. Yeah, the fish but, rots from the head, so why not cut off the head? Yeah. For instance, Bud Light. We are all aware it's garbage. Let it be garbage. Don't give it additional flavors and try to trick people. Just let it be garbage. And, and for the, the people who can't afford better beer. Two wrongs don't make a Bud Light or something. I don't know. Uh, let's do news. I, I'm not witty today. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, so let's get the sad news out of the way first. Um, yeah, Alter Carbon has been canceled after two seasons. Oh no, Anthony Mackie, what are you going to do? Uh, he was already off the show anyway, I think. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, obviously, the the joke that was a joke. Uh, the real story is what Caleb was trying to tell you. At the far too young age of forty three, Chadwick Boseman has passed away from uh, stage four colon cancer. So, this is what I woke up to a couple days ago. I just opened up Reddit, like, hey, I wonder, uh, I wonder what crazy thing twenty twenty is throwing at me to to start my day. And that was like the first, like the top five stories on Reddit. Um, and then I uh, hated my life. Um, I don't know. It's amazing to me that like we didn't know that he was sick. Right. Because uh, like he, he was filming his action scenes for Black Panther and for The Five Bloods and everything. Uh, like in between receiving surgeries and chemotherapies for uh, stage three and stage four cancer. The best comparison I have to this was uh, the the time that Mario Lemieux had a uh, non Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, received his final, uh, I think it was either chemotherapy or radiation treatment. And then uh, went to go play in a hockey game uh, a few hours later and completely fucking dominated that game. Oh, that- right. So that's that's about as good as I got. But that that to me, those are similar kind of levels of insane of insane things that people do uh, while receiving cancer treatments. I know I'd be a little bitch boy and just cry and whine about how much pain I'm in. uh, And these people went off and did something. Yeah. um, I don't know. There's not much else to say. He was. uh, Just far too young and. Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, everyone go watch Defy Bloods to remember him. He is, uh, definitely one of the best parts about that movie. There's not really, like, happy news to bring us back into enjoying our lives, so I'll just, uh, tell you now that Resident Evil, uh, is going to be a live-action Netflix series for some fucking reason. I I was shocked when I first read this in our show notes because as it's typed out uh it says it will be 8 hour long episodes but I read it as it will be 8 hour long episodes. Oh, I was like, no. wait, what? That that comes down <laughs> to my lack of punctuation use. Yeah. Uh it's going to follow the Wesker sisters uh and uh Yeah, you remember them lines. from the popular video game? No, I don't. See, I know nothing about the the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah. So I just went, who are these people and why should I care? Actually, there may be Wesker sisters. I'm not really sure. I haven't played 7 or really most of 6 because it was bad. I feel like 7 is just set in a house and nobody does it. Like, it's just a creepy house. Like, yeah. I don't think there's actually like Resident Evil-y things going on. But well, again, it does have know. to do with Umbrella, apparently, because somebody told me that it did. But I don't know. I'll, uh, I mean, I'll get it eventually. That was kind of the one that I was uh, saving for when I actually bothered to buy the PlayStation VR. Oh, there you go. Which, uh... Might not happen, because the PlayStation 5 will probably come out before that. And it will have its own VR headset, most likely. Yep. It takes better advantage of the hardware. 
And they'll re-release Skyrim. Oh, man, of course. Why wouldn't they? Everyone will buy it. Yeah. Uh, I do want to touch on Altered Carbon really quickly. I know a lot of people, well, I'm going to say this. Uh, some people, a, fr- a, f- a fan base that was out there are upset saying, quote, I will never watch another Netflix thing again. Uh, meanwhile, okay. they say they say that and they're like panning down to like, I don't know, let's say uh, Cobra Kai that was just released on Netflix. Uh, and they're watching that instead of uh, canceling their Netflix subscription like they said they would. Uh, Altered Carbon is a very good show at pulling you in with the first episode, uh, lulling you to sleep with the next whatever, and then having a good finale episode that makes you want to watch the rest of season t- the next season. Uh, which, let me tell you something, uh, is the new streaming model uh, for how you create series. It sucks, it's bad, and I always appreciate it whenever you have shows that don't do it. Uh, unfortunately, Altered Carbon was among the worst of them. So, uh, goodbye, Altered Carbon. I will not miss you. No. I just, I just don't care. I tried. The, I I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh man, maybe there, maybe this season will be good. And the second episode came. I'm like, no, no, it's not good. It's the same as it was before. All right. Well, speaking of Cobra Kai, it's time to move over into downstream and talk about some trailers that we got this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. Yeah, Netflix released a trailer for Cobra Kai. The whole the whole show is a concept. Uh so the first two seasons, which were originally from YouTube Red, uh, which is now YouTube Dead. Uh please laugh at funny joke. That's a good joke. Uh and they're gonna have the third season next year. So uh we'll be covering Cobra Kai sometime soon. Uh, it is currently the number one uh, show on Netflix this week. That makes sense. I wonder if they acquired the overall streaming rights to uh, all the the Karate Kid movies. Like, I know they have them on there. One now. through three are on there. I just yeah. Mean, like, but I I don't know if they have like those in perpetuity for as long as they have Cobra Kai. Because uh, in all honesty, that would be the correct play to make: is acquire right. those streaming rights, keep them forever, and that way you always have. Hey. Uh, do you, do you actually want to see uh, uh, Daniel win with an illegal kick to the face? Uh, here you go. Here's the movie. Yeah. Did you know that Daniel was the villain? Oh, of course he is. <laughs> yeah. My one friend just sent me a YouTube video all about that. Um, <laughs> he says that uh, he received uh, dark abilities from the demon sorcerer Miyagi to gain unnatural strength. Yeah, the crane kick. Yeah. He also learned how to wash windows and paint fences, which they directly reference in this trailer. Yeah, um... I don't know. I was interested in Cobra Kai whenever it, like, first originally came out, but, of course, I'm not ever going to use YouTube's stupid thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it until this trailer that, like, the show kind of centers around Daniel teaching Johnny's son uh, Miyagi-style karate, which is pretty wild. So, that's neat. Sure. Uh, I have to rewatch any of the Karate Kid movies before I get to this, so uh, I I have a long journey ahead of me. (laughs) 
I want you to watch the third one so badly. I'm, I mean, I have I have B-Movie Saturdays, which we'll talk about that when uh, we get to much, much later in the show. Uh, our next trailer is for a, another video game adaptation animated series, which they're going to call an anime series for some reason. Uh, Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, um, I'm trying to cash in on that uh, fantasy stuff that's popular. I don't know. I never played Dragon's Dogma. Um, I had a friend who always raved about it, but I just didn't really care. Uh, you already know my main complaint with this thing. Uh, the animation style is bad. The animation is so bad. And it's not even that it looks bad in general, because it looks bad in general, but uh, the dragons also don't match the animation style. Yeah, so the characters the characters are meant to look like anime characters, and the fucking dragons and monsters and stuff are like, I don't know, like regular CGI. It's weird. It's really weird. It's a weird choice. I don't like it. Uh, unless I hear good things, I don't, I don't plan on checking this out. All right. Our next trailer is for Enola Holmes. Um, it's a trailer about Millie Bobby Brown talking nonstop. She's acting, Caleb. We're finally seeing her act. Emote. Uh, so she's talking the, the whole time, basically, throughout the trailer to the camera. And uh, I'm here. Here's my hoping that you know, she doesn't talk to the camera the whole fucking time during the movie. I deduce that she will. I'll lose my fucking mind if she does. It's gonna be the worst if if that's actually what happens in this movie. I'll be so upset. Next up, we have Making the Witcher, uh, a documentary about making the Witcher. Oh, see, I thought this was about making bread. Uh, Dan, do you have any interest? Uh, no. I've never really cared about behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, I do sometimes. I don't know. It basically does look like like a DVD special feature. So... Yeah. It, I, I just don't understand why stuff like this isn't put underneath, like, specials and extra, like extras and more. Uh, yeah. Under, under the thing. Like... You have that whole section, use it. Or do a physical release of the first season and literally make this a special feature on it. Yeah. Something. A anything that incentivizes people to want to go back and check out your thing and, and do it with relative ease. You, you know, if you have special features of The Witcher underneath The Witcher and people are like, oh, cool, I want to go check that out with this context, they can just go to The Witcher. N not have to, like, type it out and then misspell The Witcher so they get, uh, 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 what's the, uh, the last days of American crime somehow, and then they're watching that and they're just like, oh my god. <laughs> Alright. Um, next up is the trailer for The Last Word. Uh, this is a German movie about a woman who unexpectedly loses her husband, um, and just kind of her finding out stuff about him that, like, she didn't know about and kind of dealing with loss, so. Uh, there, that is all true except for one thing. This is a series for some fucking reason. 
the other thing is she also discovers a passion for uh, delivering eulogies at funerals for some reason. Uh, apparently she delivered one at her husband's funeral and everyone was like, wow, it was a really good eulogy. So she's like, ah, I know. I'll deliver eulogies for everybody else. Yeah. Or did you not think she would know what a Googleizer was? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tremendous Zoolander reference. Next is probably one of my two favorite trailers this week, I guess I'll say. I don't know if okay. it's my favorite or not, but uh, it's called The 40-Year-Old Version. Not Virgin, but it's the play on that. Um, it's definitely a play on that. Yeah. Which uh, kind of immediately put me off to this because I was like, eh. Like, it's an obvious joke, but... Um, and I watched the trailer, and uh, I became interested. It's about mm -hmm. a... A uh, 40-year-old black woman who... Well, she's turning 40, and, uh, like, she never really made it with her hip-hop career, and she's, like, uh, like a teacher mm -hmm. at... What is it? Like, a, musical, a music school or whatever? Yeah, some conservatory. Um, yeah, so she decides to uh, finally try to make like her her hit album, and kind of use her voice to tell the perspective of a woman turning forty. Uh, it looks pretty good. Oh yeah, it's also in black and white for some reason. Entirely in black and white. I don't know. Uh, I think that which is fine, but yeah, it's a style choice that's coming on that people want to do. I can get behind it. Yeah, uh, this will this will most likely wind up being our topic for that week. So, there it is. There it is. All right, our next thing uh, is extremely throwaway. It's called "Get Organized with the Home Edit." Hey, Caleb, do you remember the Minimalists? Now watch the women who pretend oh, that they want to be the Minimalists. They built this their entire not... business through social media. This does not spark joy. Um, this trailer is significant for one reason. Uh, it proves that Reese Witherspoon is still alive. Do you remember her? She's doing uh, Big Little Lies and I think Little Fires Everywhere. That sounds right. I can't remember. Uh, but those are on different streaming services. So for the purposes of this show, she's dead. <laughs> I didn't know she still was even working. I thought she had retired from acting. No, that's Cameron Diaz. Oh yeah, she definitely did. I think her last—I think her last uh, movie's in like 2016 or something like that. Uh, this is a throwaway yeah, show. Yeah, don't no idea. do whatever you want. Watch it. I don't care. All right. Uh, next is my other favorite trailer for this week. It is for uh, another sequel, uh, which is the Babysitter: Colon Killer Queen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, I didn't know how a sequel to The Babysitter was going to work, uh, but I like this premise. So, they were like a cult trying to sacrifice the kid in the first movie, and now, uh, like, since they made a deal with the devil, the devil has brought them back as, uh, supernatural undead killing machines, like... So the whole gang from the first movie's back to die again. 
Yeah, I wasn't sure how this was going to work, but I'm excited by that premise. Yeah, I I think this is a funny premise because like the first movie it was like hey we're we're just a devil cult but there wasn't really any supernatural stuff in it uh and now it's just like leaning into it i guess i don't know mm-hmm. uh the first one like i said uh, a couple weeks ago when i first, when i talked about it again the first one is very like leans into it. it's like not a send up of the genre but like it's definitely taking those tropes and like turning them on in their head uh, this is. I think this yeah. one looks a little. It's bit like more a reverse slasher movie. Where yeah, where there's many as opposed to one. Killer that is. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I, don't know. I think the I think the closest thing I can compare the original to would be like, maybe like Tucker and Dale. Yes, uh, almost the exact same kind of tone. Yeah. Uh, obviously this will be a topic because we covered the first one. We liked the first one, and also. Uh, don't tell anybody, but horror guy Gerald Morris is going to be our guest for that that week's uh, review. So, uh, I I don't know why. Oh no, it's a it's a horror movie. I, I don't know why we would ever invite him on any show. Is he going to perv on me? High likelihood. High likelihood. Okay. I kind of want him to. All right. Uh, we'll carry that weird energy into our next trailer. Uh, The Social Dilemma. It's about how social media makes you an idiot. Mm -hmm. Which everybody already knows, but they won't quit it. Um, Just today, uh, both of my coworkers that I was working with were uh, complaining about social media. And I was like, well, you're, you're still just scrolling. Right. This looks uh, interesting. It, it's, it's one of those documentaries like that takes the people who invented the shit that ruins your life and now lets them say the things that are like, hey, uh, social media is the worst and all that shit. It'd be like if... um, It'd be like if they had Robert Oppenheimer on a documentary talking about why nuclear bombs are the worst. It'd be like if uh, the Clintons were telling you how bad the three-strike rule is. For 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 nonviolent crimes, yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's the social dilemma. Uh, I might check it out. I don't know. I I just hate documentaries. Well, I don't hate documentaries. I I'm just not in a documentary mood. With how nightmarish real real life is. Yeah, it's all real bad. Uh, yeah. So that's it. Uh, Dan, why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll do. A brief main topic review for a brief main topic of John was trying to contact aliens, and then uh, just kind of talk about some other stuff we watched this week. All right, sounds good. Goodbye forever, everybody. Until the break's over. Until the sequel. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons: Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast. Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. 
In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about our uh, very brief, very short main review topic for the week. John was trying to contact aliens. Yeah. Um, John was trying to contact aliens is a 16 minute long uh, short form documentary slash biopic uh, that was just released uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, it is a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. John Shepard spent 30 years trying to contact extraterrestrials by broadcasting music millions of miles into space. After giving up the search, he makes a different connection here on Earth. And I'm going to throw it over to you. I, I'm i curious what your thoughts on this were. All right, everybody say it with me. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's a fine <laughs> documentary short. Obviously, this is a very this was a very sad, lonely man. Uh, for a good part of his life, and he explains why. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but I, I look at that and I'm like, "How was this man not recruited by like NASA or something like 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 or a or private SETI or something? Yeah, some yeah SETI, so he could be the guy uh, in who was putting golf balls at the beginning of Independence Day as a, <laughs> instead of the other guy. If this isn't an insanely beautiful woman, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I don't know. I liked this. It's uh, if you're in the right headspace for it, like it is sweet and moving and interesting. So um, it's just about a guy, a guy looking for his place and like how he fits into the universe. And uh, and that's kind of the human condition, I guess. So um, it's brief that it, like they don't really. Like, I feel like they could do a lot more with it. Yes, I agree. But, like, um, but it's, it's relatable, and it's bite-sized, and it's, uh, it's fine. For the haters of Ad Astra, this, this little short documentary is saying the same thing that Ad Astra is trying to say, minus the daddy issues that everyone likes to complain about. Uh, it's basically that you don't have to go to the outer edges of the solar system to uh, find what's looking, uh, what you're looking for right in front of your face. Because uh, the the truest journey is the one that happens within. Uh, obviously, the the big struggle for him is him being a gay man uh, in I think Michigan in the seventies. Yeah. So in in a lot of ways, uh, I'm sure he felt like the alien. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, until later in life where he found somebody. And uh, I don't know if that was... Uh, they didn't really say that was the reason. I think it was that he ran out of money uh, for all this equipment. Yeah. Uh, and, and couldn't keep up with it. Uh, I, I looked at all the equipment, and I'm just like, what the fuck is the power bill to this place? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fucking meters just out there spinning. Um, I don't know. It's really interesting, though. Like, he had, like... uh. He called it like cultural music. He would play like, uh, like recordings of uh, like African tribes people like playing drums and stuff, and then like uh, classical symphonies, and then like 
new wave techno pop and electronic music and shit. So just kind of all over the board. But I don't know. Whenever uh, like it showed him and his partner, like I don't know if I don't know if they're married or what, but right. Like they they both they're both named John and they both have like remarkably impressive beards. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like two it's like two Santas making out. <laughs> There's no Mrs. Claus, but there is a Mr. Claus. I don't know. It's nice. I'm happy for him. Uh, I'm glad he found his purpose on Earth uh and you know, I I think the uh, correct pluralization would be Santa's claws. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he found his place on Earth. I'm going to ignore what you said. <laughs> I just I I just wish they could have gone to like I I wish he would have set everything back up for old times' sake, and then they would have sent an additional camera crew out to the power plant and been like, all right. Let's watch the whole town go down in terms of uh, electricity. Let's watch everyone's power go out just to power <laughs> this thing on one more time. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I guess, kind of what I would have expected from a documentary like this. Like, let's get everything put back together and fire it up one more time and kind of send one final message of him just being like, hey, you know, I don't I don't know if anybody's out there listening or if anybody ever was listening, but like I'm fine. Uh, uh, but I think like the ending to this is more fitting cuz like it's his connection to other John that makes his life have purpose now as opposed to uh building some science project, some glorified science project which you know, yeah. like I said, I I just cannot believe that because multiple news reports were done about this guy, and this guy was sending, like, and maybe, for all we know, all this equipment was doing was, like, sending uh, fucking music to, like, Siberia. And the Siberia, like, the Russians are just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I don't know. Let me guess. It's uh, two and a half. Three. I liked it. Three? It's, yeah. a, it, it's a recommend. I'd say three, too. It's, uh, I, I do recommend this. I thought it was sweet. I wish they would have done more with it. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, it doesn't have to be a full feature-length documentary. It probably yeah. could have been, like, half an hour. Yeah, or even, like, 20 minutes, I think, would have felt more appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, there is our wonderful, wonderful John was trying to... Con I watched that basically Monday night. Like, as soon as we logged off, I'm like, all right, let's knock this out. I have enough mm -hmm. time. I have, I have 16 minutes. Right, and that'll bring us over to... Uh, our version, uh, a weird version where uh, of quick hits where it's like halfway through the show as opposed to uh, where it normally is. Uh, just deal with it. Uh, so what else did you watch this week? Uh, I watched Tiny Creatures. Tiny uh, Pie. Narrated by Tiny Mike Coulter. Oh shit. It, we got... Tiny rats, tiny mice, little tiny burrowing owls. Oh shit. It's a show called Tiny Creatures. Um I like this. I I was expecting uh like planet Earth but like you know zoomed in or whatever, I guess, I don't right. know. Uh cuz they have like really close-up shots on these little these little bastards. Um 
So you can really get into the minutia of their lives and all this stuff. But um, what it kind of is, though, um, it's like a half documentary, half narrative show. So, like, they kind of set up these scenarios and, like, plop the animals down in and, like, like, watch what they do. And then, like, Mike Coulter tells you about... Uh, what the animal has to do and like Mm -hmm. what's going through its head kind of. So like uh, the first episode is about um, a kangaroo rat in the desert in, I think Arizona. Okay. So like, he's just telling the story and like, it's obviously like a set that they build because there's like, the rabbit lives in kind of like a scrapyard out in the desert or something. So there's uh-huh. like two walls of like old rusted garbage and shit and like one clear spot through the middle where the rat like hops through. Um, And then it's like, oh, these are the predators that face it and all this stuff. But like it doesn't show animals get eaten because like I said, it's like it's stuff that they kind of set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would assume like composite shots and stuff, but um, I don't know. It's it's cute and fun, and uh, you actually learn a bit about the animals. So I don't know. I like it. It's it's just kind of it's just kind of simple. It's tiny and tiny and just fits right in. It's little and little, and you just watch a bunch of episodes, and they fit right into your day. Uh, and then I guess I'll just talk about it. I did uh, watch Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is not a Netflix thing. It's on uh, video on demand, mm-hmm. uh, which I actually um, I got onto Vudu and they had it there to rent for $20 or you could just buy it for 25 And I was like, eh, I might want to watch this again sometime. So I just fucking bought it. Sure. Um, which I guess is just how things are done now. Um, I don't know if you remember too much about the Bill and Ted movies or ever watched them. I I remember very little, but go ahead. Uh, so I actually, before this, cause I was in the same boat, uh, I rented one and two and watched them and then watched this. So that's like, that was our whole evening yesterday. Huh. Okay. The first one is fantastic. Like, I, I unironically think that it's, like, a masterpiece. It's this beautiful time capsule of, like, just goofy, dumb 80s comedy movie. The second one isn't great, but it's not terrible. And, sure. like, the, uh, like, having the Grim Reaper literally in it as a character, uh, like, they give him a lot of uh comedic material to work with and like the the actor who is playing death is just like fucking chewing the scenery and uh he's great he's definitely the highlight of the movie and then bill and ted face the music is basically them as middle-aged uh like washed up fucking like they had a little flash in the pan of a music career right but they never really uh they never really had the song that united the world like they thought they were supposed to because that's what the future people told them. Uh, so they're still trying to figure that out. And like, 
just got into like really weird experimental music. So like the the opening is them like playing at a like a wedding, and uh, fucking Bill is doing Tuvan throat singing while uh, Ted just like jams out on a fucking theremin. It's like oh well, the yeah <laughs> they really went off the rails yeah um so then uh, basically the plot is like without this without this amazing song that Wild Stallions was supposed to do that would re like unite all of humanity into a common cause um like time itself is uh, beginning to fall apart because that was like the central point of time where like everything kind of revolves around that one moment. Uh, so like literally like time starts to break down and like the pyramids show up in like modern day. And like, there's uh, like fucking dinosaurs and all kinds of weird shit. Uh, so like Bill and Ted go time hopping again to try to find this song. They like chase down future versions of themselves, uh, looking for a time when they have the song. Uh, and like at the end of the second movie, they have like little like baby kids with them. Uh, and now they're 25 years old and they kind of go off and do their own adventure. Okay. I like it. It's it's not as good as the first. Uh it's far better than the second. And like I do like the second one, but mm-hmm. I like I'm not going to shit on it too much, but um it's it's fine. It's it's got its problems, but it's an okay movie. I don't know. It was kind of interesting that like um in the second movie they introduced their children as little Bill and little Ted. But in this, like their daughters, like their their daughters. Oh. So, um, little Ted is uh, Theodora, aka Thea, who is played by Samara Weaving. Oh, there we go. And then, um, little Bill is uh, Billy, who is uh, Ted's daughter. Uh, William Sadler's back as Death. Like that's part of the plot line, as they have to like get him to rejoin the band. Um, there's a new character that I won't go into a whole lot of detail about. His name is Dennis Caleb McCoy, uh, because he introduces himself like seven times, like every scene where he meets a new person, he runs up and he's like, I'm Dennis Caleb McCoy. Mm -hmm. Um, but the character is fucking ridiculous and hysterical. Um, Kid Cudi is in it as himself for some reason. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a romp. If you liked the first one, um, they do actually manage to recapture a a good bit of that. Okay. So I, uh, I liked it. I I recommend it. I would give it a three and a half. You heard it here first and nowhere else. Go watch Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to spend $20 to rent it. I don't feel like any movie should be $20 to rent. Yeah, I don't think I like I really just don't think that $20 is the correct price point for this. Like I know that like we can't go to the movie theaters right now or 
at the very least, we shouldn't. And if right. you're going to movie theaters, fuck you. Um, As you said last week, you're a cunt. Yeah. And and you know what? While I'm at it, the mask goes over your nose. It, Don't it be does. a cunt. But I like I feel like this should exist in the COVID timeline, but like I just I don't think that twenty dollars is the correct price point for this. I think that like like twelve to fifteen dollars feels appropriate. Sure. The 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 price of a regular movie ticket. Well, even like even slightly above that, because like it's assumed that you know, you're you're sheltering at home with at least probably one other person while maintaining social distance. So, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is based off of the price of two movie tickets, but, like... And then Mulan is the price of three movie tickets! Yeah. And, like, I get that you're trying to replicate the theater price point, but you're not replicating the theater experience in any meaningful way. Correct. People watch movies so, differently. Yeah. So this is it's just it's priced inappropriately and something needs to be done about it. Um although this is the second movie that I have rented like this <laughs> because I also watched Trolls World Tour for some reason. <laughs> After not having seen the first one. Uh, that's it. What did you watch? All right. I'm going to save the first thing on my list for last because I hate you. Uh, we're still watching more Avatar The Last Airbender. We're almost at the end. We have, uh, what? Maybe three or four more episodes to go for the, the big finale. But, uh, Hosen's Comet. Hosen's Comet. That is correct. Uh, oh, Sozen's Comet. Yes. Uh, we we just got done with the the day of Black Sun. Uh, Zuko finally joined the team, and Katara got all angsty with him for five episodes. So, also, there's a lot of inconsistent writing because Katara is nice to him at some points, but then angsty with him at other points. So it's like, ah, uh, it's like two different people wrote these episodes. Uh, which is when you look at the end credits, that is exactly what happens. So, uh, anytime someone, if someone tells me. The, fir- the show is perfect as it was and can't be remade. I I, pre- I present to you inefficiencies that could be fixed by having a, a, cr- a creative through line yeah. that, that would possibly be remedied by a live-action show. Does a live-action yeah. show make sense, though? No. I don't know why people try to say that it was a perfect show. It's a very good show. Yes. Um, It didn't need to be a perfect show, but, like, I don't know. It's got... It's got issues. It's got pacing problems. The The big issues are Aang spends one episode learning about firebending, or earthbending, or waterbending, and then seemingly in the next episode he's a fucking master, despite the fact that it's like the next day happen. It's like presented as if it's the next day on their journey, as opposed to... Yeah, because they need to get to the next like problem of the week episode. Right. Um... That is why I really liked Legend of Korra and can't wait to hear what you think about it. Uh, I think the firebending, they they did they did a lot of long-term storytelling with firebending, though, with Aang first trying to firebending, it not working out, him burning guitar, and that being his main fear. 
Uh, and then he goes to meet the original Firebender masters uh, and, and learns all about firebending from them, basically. So uh, I, great long-term storytelling stuff, stuff that, that was from the first season of the show that wasn't like clubbed over your head with like, hey, remember when Zuko attacked them? Or like, it's just like that five-minute dress-down period of Zuko where they're just like, hey, do you remember when you did this? But what about this and this and this <laughs> and this? And it's like, yeah, we get it. We we know he's joining your sh- your group. We, it's just kind of annoying. Uh, so uh, will it improve with the 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 follow up series? Who who knows? Maybe I would I would assume so. There's there's definite inefficiencies with with everything. Like I said, so uh, we're almost done, and then we can Ashley and I can record a Rabbit Ears episode about it. Okay. All right. The next thing I watched is uh, a hot new thing that just got released to Netflix. It's called 1BR. This is a a movie about a girl who left, uh, I, I want to say like middle America to go to L.A. for some reason to get away. Well, uh, the the main reason was to get away from her dad who uh, uh, was married to her mom, obviously. But then when uh, the mom was stricken with like uh, a terminal d- disease of some kind. Uh, the the dad started shacking up with uh, his, his or her mom's nurse, so she ran off, being like, "Yo, fuck you! This this was despicable what you did," uh, and finds a place that's uh, relatively cheap in 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 Los Angeles to to rent from. Uh, I don't want to say any more. This movie is quite interesting. I recommend it. It's it's it has its issues. Uh, but I will say the big thing about the movie that I kind of appreciate is that it presents these people as normal, regular, whatever people, uh, and it has them played by not supermodels, which is uh, nice and refreshing. Like even our main character is just like a, a girl you'd see in a Pittsburgh bar. Like like she 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 looks she looks fine. Like she looks attractive, but like she's not like I don't know like Gal Gadot or some kind of shit. Like it's it's just a regular looking person, and they're all regular looking people. But uh, I don't want to give any more away with one br. You should go in completely clean, knowing nothing about it. Uh, I will give it three stars. But yes, uh, check it out. It's on Netflix. It's ninety minutes. It's it's worth your time. Okay. Okay, Caleb. That brings us to uh, the thing we we've all been waiting for. My one episode review of Teenage Bounty Hunters. The show you called me an idiot for even considering watching. Uh, it's actually pretty good. I, I like it a bit. It's not laugh out loud funny. Uh, it's it's chuckle worthy a lot of the times. Uh, it's basically like these two girls who are uh, in Catholic school, uh, happenstancely uh, track down this guy who like this guy's like running from another bounty hunter and uh she like they t-bone his car and they help capture him for the other bounty hunter uh because they need to pay off the damage to their dad's car uh so uh he he hires them on as bounty hunters because uh they're two white girls who come from a significant amount of privilege and he is a black bounty hunter and as they say in the show there's just some places he can't get into so that's how their partnership is framed, is that they can get into, like, the higher society places, uh, kind of, 
uh, without question. And he, and you know, he has the actual expertise in bounty hunting to help them do their thing. Uh, I've only watched one episode. I wanted to watch more, but unfortunately, uh, I can only watch during certain periods of time during my mornings at home, because when it gets around to like eleven o'clock here, uh, that's when California's starting to come in, and California is extraordinarily needy. And that's when I need to take care of them the most is like right when they get in. So uh, I will get back to watching more Teenage Bounty Hunters and let you guys know. Uh, I'm hoping to get done with at least two more episodes so I can give like not a definitive review of it, but like a very quick like here's general thoughts. It's three episodes like that's typically what you should be looking into if you want to see like if a show's good or not. Uh, but so. So far, so good with Teenage Bounty Hunters, which originally I forgot because we covered this. Uh, it was originally called Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters based off of uh, the graphic novel title, but they changed it, obviously, because, you know, it's 2020. Can't be slut shaming anymore. Okay, sorry. I just came back and put my headphones back on. What were we talking about? <laughs> I hate you. What? All right, so with that, let's uh, cut into another break here, and when we come back, we can talk about a movie that we've all wanted to talk about for the rest of our lives, Alien Warfare, as a cautionary tale of Netflix. Hello, everyone. This is JD from the In Session Film Podcast. Each week, we review the latest from Hollywood, California. Well, yes, Brendan. We also give top three lists. Okay, yeah. Thanks again, Brendan. Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Uh, you can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, <laughs> sir. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to dive into a cautionary tale of Netflix. Welcome to Cautionary Tales of Netflix. We're Netflix and Swill. You know, one-star movies are terrible. They'll make you want to gouge your fucking eyes out. And that's what this show is all about. Warning people about the dangers of shitty movies. This week's cautionary tale is for a 2019 number called Alien Warfare. Uh, this is a action sci-fi movie. Uh-huh. It is an hour and 28 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a 2.6 out of 10 <laughs> on IMDb. Uh, soundly defeated by Tall Girl. A team of Navy SEALs investigates a mysterious science outpost only to have to combat a squad of formidable alien soldiers. This is directed by Jeremiah Jones and stars Clayton Snyder, David B. Meadows, and Daniel Washington, among other household names. Uh, Dan, how much did you love Alien Warfare? I loved it a lot. There, uh, I, I want to talk it's about... It's quite good. <laughs> it's... It's better than it has any real right to be. That's the thing. It's not technically awful. 
No, but there, it does have its issues. I already want to talk about my favorite scene of of the movie. Are you ready to talk about my favorite scene in the movie? Because I think it might be your favorite scene of the movie. Lay it on me. All right. So, uh, after our main character, the uh, LT, uh, because they refuse to call him lieutenant because fuck that, uh, uh, receives a phone call from their commanding officer. He proceeds to then have a flashback that we don't know is a flashback. Uh, to a house out in the woods where uh, some Arabic writing is scrawled on the side in uh, spray paint and there's a goat out front. So that's how you know <laughs> that there, 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 there are brown people there. It's not It's not in the desert. It's like they, they filmed wherever they could. Yeah. And they were just like... And ah, everybody here's... speaks perfect English. <laughs> uh, and then... And then so it, there's not only that, but then you see this gun... You see this gun coming coming into camera like from out of frame, and then it it pops two guys as they say in the movie the entire time. And then, but like where the approach was from, he would have just been walking straight up to the two guys that he shot. Right, and they're just looking at it. like like they're staring <laughs> off in his direction. I, I I literally applauded when that scene. I actually had to rewind because it actually was like, wait, I don't understand. I'm like, look at all, look at all of this shit scrawled on the side of the <laughs> fucking wall. Look at this. It's in the woods. I don't know. I I don't know the topography of like the Middle East, but I'm fairly confident yeah. there aren't many sets of woods in the Middle East. Well, I'm sure that there's like oases or whatever. Uh, but like the, the thing of it too, is like, it's not even like, you know, that it's meant to look like Arabic writing, but really it's just like some loop de dupes and fucking scribbles. Oh yes. A hundred percent. It is the best scene of any movie that was from 2019. Uh, that's <laughs> It's get, get fucked, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> it's so per- that that scene is that just goes to the quality of Alien Warfare. That just speaks volumes. The SEAL team has to reunite. The president picked you personally. Uh, you have to go to the place and get the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is a place. We're not going to tell you about it. There is a thing. We're not going to tell you about that either, but your job is to go to the place, get the thing, and figure out what happened uh, at the place. Because none of the people that are supposed to be at the place are at the place anymore. Uh, so they go to the place, um, and it just looks like an office building <laughs> where like one of the people worked to support their uh, wife and kids when they're not chasing their uh, dream of making terrible movies on the weekends. <laughs> and they just put like little piles of dust in evenly, evenly spaced down the hallway. You're forgetting the most important part about their approach to the place. Yeah. Uh, they, they cut, they cut through a chain link fence that is uh, almost as tall as the actors. Yes. Uh, and then they're like, all right, we're going through the front. And it's like, well, why didn't you just go through the gate if you're walking up through the front door? Yeah. It's uh, it, it, it's like they had very... 
it's like, God damn it, we're do we have all of this chain link fence. We're doing a scene where two separate teams of seals are cutting through it. I just feel like somebody was doing a home improvement project, had some leftover chain link fence, and thought, ah, I have an idea. Let's just have two people stand on other sides of the camera holding out pieces of chain link fence for us to cut through. Like, this movie is very cheap. Like, they shot this on a shoestring budget. I guarantee that house that uh, w- that had the fake Arabic writing scrawled on the side is no more than, like, 30 feet from that fucking building that they, uh, the establishing shot was set in the entire time. Yeah. And then they they find out that, like, all the people got turned to ash uh, because the the doohickey sent out an electrical pulse that killed everybody. So they think that, like, the alien doohickey that was found is, like, uh, a bomb that's supposed to wipe out all, uh, all animal life on the planet Earth so that the aliens can easy and easily inhabit it. So then aliens show up, and they have to fight them, and they look like, uh, I don't know, like putties from Power Rangers. I was going to say the demon team from uh, uh, Jingle All the Way. That too. I don't know. The the characters of the, (laughs) like the, the SEAL team, like their characterizations are amazing. Yes. Because you have, uh, you have stern older brother, you have. Uh, fuck up younger brother who he's always yelling at. You have uh, uh, black guy who hums along with the elevator music and wants his protein shakes uh, and is always talking about needing his protein shakes mm-hmm. and drinks protein shakes. And it's basically his whole character is that he likes to get jacked and swole and diesel and yoked. Uh, and then there's guy who apparently knows everything about everything because he's like oh yeah science concept he, he spends a lot of time on the dark web following conspiracy yeah. theories conspiracy blogs the fucking deep state he knows stuff he says fuck the government at least three times and they're they're like but you do realize you work for the government right it's like no this is different <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they can't kill the aliens because of their advanced technology, and the aliens can't kill them because they're too damn crafty. Uh, no one dies in this movie, human or alien. Yeah, I thought that was Except for the actually... people who got, t- except for the people who got turned to ash early on. But well, sure. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That was interesting. I didn't expect that because, yeah. like, they go in assuming that the thing, the, the object, is a bomb, and they're like, "Well, now we got to murder it." Like, and they and they try their damnedest to shoot everything uh, because. It's America, and we're humans, and we're we're always scared of the unknown. So we're all our first instinct is to always blow yeah. it up. the uh, The biggest threat to this group of uh, Navy SEALs that they keep referring back to is uh, that they're scared they're going to run out of bullets, which they refer to it multiple times throughout the movie. Yep, and then just spray their machine guns everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the, freedom. I, 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 they were like um at ten percent, and then I'm like, okay, so everyone's probably around like tw- ten to twenty percent bullets left. Uh, and, but then they just kept firing bullets. So I'm like, so how many bullets did you bring? If you're <laughs> only down to ten percent, firing assholes. 
It's amazing. It's a tremendous writing. Also, whoever wrote who, this, who measures the remaining ammunition in percentages? Yeah, it's car. It's fucking magazines or cartridges. Yeah, anybody knows that. It's like an alien wrote part of that script. <laughs> Do you want to hear uh, an IMDb user review? Sure. I'm looking for a 10 out of 10. Please give me a 10 out of 10, if you can find it. This artifice supports a story that contains great emotional charge. <laughs> Phenomenal movie. These actors should be in the running for an Oscar. Oh, sorry, I, I misspoke. These actors should be in the running for a Oscar is what they wrote. The direction is phenomenal. The suspense is unparalleled. The special effects are unprecedented. The way they develop the characters creates an atmosphere reminiscent of Gone with the Wind. I expect this movie to sweep the Oscars. There are a few things I should point out that, in case you missed it, make the movie the amazing piece that it is. They shoot dozens of rounds and no spent shells are ever rejected. The aliens wear mittens and look like Power Rangers. The Faraday room has windows. Uh, they call the guy they kicked out for... Wait. They call the guy they kicked out for a super double top secret mission. Oh. Yes. Yeah, because he, he got... he got. Yeah, that was a bad sentence. Yeah, because he, he got kicked Cl- out because clumsy. he killed some person. Yes. Uh, I recommend you purchase this movie in instant classic. It will be decades before you see a movie this caliber. All right. I'm, I'm glad we got to the sane part of, of the review at the very end. Yeah. Uh, and then, parentheses, the preceding review was done with extreme sarcasm is a complete joke, just like the movie. So they're being a little cheeky. Uh, 35 of 46 people found this review helpful. So um, they, uh, people responding well to this, this guy being uh, kind of a stinker about this. See, at the start, I was like, oh, that was really nice of uh, the director's grandma to uh, let let the director sign up for an IMDb account under her name. But they, they, they had <laughs> me in the first half, not going to lie. Can I put one piece of praise on this movie? Just sure. one. I do like our uh, conspiracy theory nut and uh, our, our protein shake black guy. Uh, I, I like their characters. I, I think the script overall is complete and total dog shit, but the way those guys acted those characters added like a good bit like a good fun element to it like they were having fun playing these roles as opposed to like taking it ultra seriously which like the other two actors are trying to and i think they're doing some decent stuff but like i i don't think any of the four are bad actors i think they're all competent uh which is more than this movie ever deserved that's the thing about this movie is that like it's weirdly not made awful like that like it looks okay mm-hmm. but i do kind of feel like it was like four friends were hanging out and were like what do you want to do this weekend i don't know fuck it let's make a movie uh and they got one of their wives to be in it i mean if that's one of their wives good for them yeah that's what i said i said good for him yeah uh, I, my favorite shot of the movie, actually, and this is no joke, is when they uh breach 
the the front door for the the first time, and, and the the camera and dolly, they all do their the, action pose. They do their action pose, but the 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 camera dollies in on it too. I'm like, that's a real cinematic moment right there. Like, they <laughs> the the person the person who shot this movie went. I have a lot of ideas for how I would shoot this movie and how I would do all of these effects, uh, and almost none of them hit. But that one fleeting second was like these people possibly have a future in, in, in with like lower budget movies, but they just need to stick to something that isn't like budget intensive, like this would be. Yeah. Uh, what would you rate this? <sighs> I, I I'm giving it a one, but you can you know when 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 possible. You can get together with friends, drink some beers, watch this, laugh at it, have some fun. Eh, it's a it's a good time. Uh, I I I had a good time watching it with Ashley. Yeah, I don't know. My wife was very annoyed that they wouldn't stop saying "pop" instead of "shoot," <laughs> or "bro," or "dude," or anything else that they would say because the the people who wrote this script focused on like four words and we're just like oh it has to be in like every other sentence yeah i'm also giving it a one but it's fun yeah uh whenever the intro credits were playing i saw daniel's daniel washington's name and i was like holy shit denzel washington that's exactly what ashley did (laughs) ashley was like wait denzel's in this movie i'm like man if they got fucking denzel for this movie this movie wins academy awards just based on that alone it can't be worse than the Equalizer 2. All right. Uh, so with that, Caleb, it's time to get the fuck out of here. Uh, next week on the show, we're going to be joined by JD of In Session Film to talk about I'm Thinking of Ending Things, the new Charlie Coffin movie that everyone already has screeners for except for us. Man, what what an exciting uh, first episode for Netflix and Swill 2. I mean, with sequels, you always got to do bigger and better uh, and more explosions. And big tits and butts and balls. Yeah. Uh, and then, on the back half of that, we're going to do a patron requested review for Frost Nixon, uh, courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast. Okay. Uh, and as always, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song. Uh, Dan, tell him stuff. Uh, NetflixInstable.com is the best place to find our show. Uh, I just did a nice little redesign of everything. Uh, everything looks a lot better, in my opinion. Uh, for the It's way clean we... and crisp. It's very clean, very crisp. The other one was like a little clunky with how, how it looked and how you had to do things. I wasn't feeling that design anymore. Uh, so uh, with this new design, uh, you, you basically go straight to our so, uh, show page. So uh, that's all wonderful. Uh, other things on the website you can find. Netflix and Swill Classic. I have five episodes up right now. You need to bear with me uh, as I slowly put up episodes. Uh, I have a, a, a terrible want to put them all in order according to what day they would have released. Uh, and Squarespaces, because that's who our website's through. We're not an ad. Uh, the way, if you want to schedule a post for the past... Uh, you can't just like click on the month, uh, and then that brings you to like the year or like whatever, like w- with like a regular clock app. Uh, you have to like physically punch back like 
uh, in this case, uh, somewhere like 36 times in order to post some episodes from 2016 on the day they released on 20, in 2016 uh, because I'm a psycho. So please bear with me as I do all of that. Uh, but eventually, Netflix and Soul Classic will be uh, everywhere. Uh, in fact, you can find it on your podcatchers right now. I'll post the link in the show notes. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out our show. Check out Netflix and Soul Classic if you want to listen to old episodes where... Our show doesn't sound particularly uh, good in terms of quality, uh, sound quality. Uh, we're, we're still very, very funny. Although Julio, uh, when he listened to our first episode, I, I, I warned him that we are uh, much cheerier in the early episodes as opposed to uh, now. And he's like, oh, my <laughs> God, I can't. I, I didn't I didn't know what you were talking about. But then I listened like you were right. Yeah, we used to enjoy things. Yeah. I think we watched most trailers. And we're very excited. Yeah, I know. I know people like the the 3D graphics on the new Netflix and Swole, but like, I think that uh, the sprite animations on Netflix and Swole Classic has a certain appeal to it. And I also don't know if people are going to understand that this is a RuneScape joke. I didn't get that. That's uh, wow. Okay, I played RuneScape. I know. Exa- I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Oh, boy. Merch. Uh, You can find a link to our merch uh, because Caleb asked me to put a link to our merch on the website. So literally every link that you could ever want regarding our show can be found on our website. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for buying a shirt. Um, We're going to get together sometime here pretty soon and discuss new merch because I know that needs uh, updated very badly. And I have some ideas, so... Uh, if you're a graphic artist that is reasonably priced and want some of our patron money, let us know and we'll pay you to design a shirt. That's correct, because we believe in paying people. We're also going to just take our old logo and put a two after it and start selling those shirts. I mean... Because if you already own one shirt, why not get the sequel to that shirt? It's better. Th- that's the next money... The big market where the money will be is sequels to t-shirts. You've you've seen Three Wolf Moon. Well, here's my Four Wolf Moon shirt. What the fuck do you have now? Four wolves. Uh-oh. What if somebody does a Five Wolf Moon? Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.